Hey there, demons. It's us, your girls. Welcome to the Office Goblin Podcast. I'm S. And I'm D. And we are goblins. Two goblins on the internet that have many thoughts, interests, and opinions about stuff and things. Today, we are going to go plus ultra. Oh! Oh! We're going to specifically, but not exclusively, talk about season six, so the most current season of My Hero Academia. And beware... Possible spoiler alerts ahead, so if you aren't caught up or you don't care, then we will see you next time. What is wrong with you? Get the fuck caught up. It's amazing. This is probably like one of the best seasons yet. Tragically beautiful, but in case you want to listen in on this juicy discussion, welcome. We're so happy to have you here. Happy New Year. Woo woo! Let's kick 2023 off right, you know, by being fucking nerds. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't very plus ultra of you <laughs> by saying that. <laughs> My apologies. Good. <laughs> but dear listeners, this is something that Dee brought up, so I'm so glad she that she did. Would you like to kick off this conversation? Because we have a lot of thoughts and feelings. We do. What started us off is so my hero, my hero, <laughs> my, my hero. <laughs> he could be your hero, sure. He is, but um. So my husband and I finally got caught up on season six, and I have read the manga ahead of time. I'm not caught up though, so please don't. No one spoil anything past that for me. But so we got caught up on season six and we have just been having so many good discussions about what's happening and why it's happening and characters driving forces, like what makes them make the choices that they do. Mm -hmm. And also having a lot of good discussions on how much he he is not the – let's save everyone kumbaya, very much a shoot first, ask questions later kind of person. Mm -hmm. Which in some instances is absolutely fine. But I am a bleeding heart hippie, apparently. And I'm just like, no, let's let's save everyone. And at one point he asked, which villain would I be least upset to die? And I just went, all of them. I don't want anyone to die. And he's just like, (laughs) <laughs> but they're all terrible. Like, but we know why they're terrible. Like, maybe it's the psychology in me, but I... Yeah. The only person I can't stand is all for one, and that's, like, the whole fucking point. Right, and Mineta. Yeah, but that's not a villain yet. He should be a villain, though. <laughs> He's and a villain to women everywhere. A, a scoundrel, absolutely, and a rascal. Um, in a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> With lots of purple bows. You know what? Wait, can I just really quick? So I was telling another friend that – so also all of this is one of my really good friends is starting My Hero. And I was telling another one of my friends who was all caught up with it that we were trying to make a language on figuring out who she's talking about because she doesn't remember <laughs> the names well, which, fair, there are so many people thrown at you straight off the bat. Yes, exactly. And I was saying that – Ijiro is my favorite. And I was like, his quirk is getting hard. And when I realized what I said, (laughs) I had to stop. I'm clearly a 12-year-old boy because I'm like, that's hilarious. (laughs) Right? But then my other friend who's also caught up said, isn't that Mineta's quirk too? And I went, you shut your mouth. (laughs) But also, touche, dabs on him. (laughs) 
right? And then I told her, like, five minutes later, I said, all I can think about now is Manetta's stupid, sticky balls. I hate my life. <laughs> they will stick to you and ruin your life. Ugh. <laughs> but c- can you also tell the audience what uh, your friend called Deku? <laughs> and what my response was to that as well? <laughs> so let's let's start off with, she, she called Bakugo Fireboy. And I'm mm-hmm. like... It's probably better to say Boom Boy at that point, because that's what like, a lot of people call him, even in the anime, to make fun of him. <laughs> she, she's like, wow, Transformer Boy is really getting it. And I was like, who the fuck? Did you just call Ida Transformer Boy? <laughs> and she said, well, he looks like one. He has pipes coming out of his legs. And I said, okay, fine. And then <laughs> she goes... Bitch boy's really about to get on my nerves. I can't. I don't know if I can make it through this. And I said, "Who's bitch boy?" <laughs> she said, "The one with the green hair. I can't stand him." And I just went, "You mean Midoriya?" The cinnamon roll. <laughs> the other character that has like the other half of my heart. <laughs> Listen, and and when D was telling me this about the discussion she and her friend were having, and the whole bitch boy thing at first i was also confused and i was like but which one <laughs> because <She did. laughs> it's true at the beginning there's there's a lot of ups and downs and i it took me a while like your friend to get invested in the anime mm-hmm. and then i binged it oh yeah like I going to sleep at 3 a.m kind of binging yeah and then waking yeah. up and doing it all over again <laughs> Well, so, because she's gotten to the part where Midoriya and Bakugo fight, like, in oh, the street, you Oh, during know? the training, yeah. Yeah, and she said, damn, Fireboy's crying out, too? Are they both bitches? What's going on? Yeah, a whole lot of bitches. That's what they should have called this anime. <laughs> Bokuno bitches. <laughs> oh! Like, a, insert a trap horn here. <laughs> You should have oh, ended that with like a dab. That that was like a there you go. double dab kind of situation. Oh, I can't do double. I'll throw an elbow. <laughs> I'll blow my back out. <laughs> oh my gosh. But th- all that aside, because it's all very true, that whole discussion, it's all very true. But like you said, season six, it comes in hot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on. My emotional roller coaster watching this. <laughs> Oh, my word. And even in response to your husband about the whole villain thing, I'm like, the answer, simply put, is it's complicated. Right. Whether it's a so-called villain or so-called hero, they they have complicated lived experiences. Yeah. And his his questions are, you know, what's their goal? Because it's, it's kind of tricky because it almost changes throughout, right? It does as they change. Right. And so he's like, what is their goal at this point? And I'm like, well, Shigaraki's basically been taken over by all for one. And his goal is still the same is to get one for all and basically destroy humanity and mm-hmm. make it a power structure. Yeah. Shigaraki just wants to watch the whole world burn because of the, his past trauma and experiences. Mm-hmm. And Dobby just wants Inji dead, which I don't blame him. I stay on my fuck Inji train. Listen, when you see that ass, though. No. <laughs> Yes. We need more yes in this year of our Lord. More yes in 2023. Yeah, more yes to the cheeks. No. So, and we had like that really good conversation about then that hero society is 
collapsing and what makes a hero anymore. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that Stain is almost a character that you, you kind of agree with in the sense of everything has become smoke and mirrors. Everything's become about the money, about the fame. Mm -hmm. Where are the last actual good heroes? Like people that are doing this to be what a hero should embody. Yeah, not that fake halo altruism, like you said, the superficial, because it, in many respects, it is a popularity contest, right? Even the mm-hmm. ranking of the heroes, what, how is that determined? How is that conceptualized and quantified right. when so many of them are so complicated, like NG, even though, you know, with Deku, coming into the fold of the family and having these conversations either with Todoroki, his siblings, or with Enji himself, and certainly as part of his hero training, working with Endeavor. There are some lessons learned. There are some realizations. And should he be villainized in a way that he is seeing the errors of his ways and he is actively making strides to change it? And I know that does not disregard his past or excuse his behavior, so absolutely not. But... That to me is a more true redemption arc as opposed to just continuing in the bulldozer, so to speak. Right. And I I can see where it's coming from. And for a redemption arc, I think it's probably the most beautifully written one I've seen since Zuko. I didn't watch The Last Airbender, but I I hear that people are simping after this Zuko fella. Zuko- <laughs> and he's a Todoroki lookalike. <laughs> honestly Zuko and Todoroki's background is so scarily similar Uh (laughs) that I wonder if Horikoshi went I could do that better and like (laughs) just tried to make another Zuko yeah Zuko (laughs) 2.0 but so I I really the one thing I really 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 appreciate about this story is the different outcomes that his children are having Yeah, yeah. Because if I had been put in that situation, I would probably be siding with Natsu on it. Of, Mm -hmm. you fucked us all over? You want to go have your redemption arc? You want to go, you know, make yourself a better man? Put in air quotes? Fine. I have nothing to do with you. And that is Mm -hmm. such... When Deku tells Todoroki, like, if you never forgive him, that's fine. That's your choice. And that it doesn't make you a bad person because you don't have to ever forgive your abuser. And to mm-hmm. say that on international television, and and especially to a show to- geared towards kids, is such a healthy <laughs> mindset to have. And so yeah, with Fuyumi being not only the only woman in the family now, mm-hmm. you know, besides her mom, but like the only daughter, so she's already got all of those expectations put on her to keep the family together and make sure everyone's happy and healthy and safe and doing okay. Mm-hmm. So that's what she goes for. Dobby, who has been so fucking traumatized and hurt and exploited that all he wants is to just raise everything to the ground. Understandable. Very much so. And then Todoroki, who's the baby of the family, who had all of the expectation then thrust upon him and just trying mm-hmm. to live a life... But he's also kind of torn because he's still in school. He's still young enough to see and understand now that his dad is still there for him Mm -hmm. and is also actively wanting to change. Yeah, with him, there was in the beginning uh, almost um, that he was emotionally stunted 
And in many ways, he still is very rigid, but Mm -hmm. it's nice to see that beneath the cold exterior, you know, what was the reason for that and the active steps toward that resolution within himself and coming Mm -hmm. to terms with, you know, a lack of childhood, the abuse that he suffered at the hands of Endeavor, the dynamic of the family. But even as the baby of the family, he is making such stride to make active changes not only within himself but within the family dynamic by going to see his mom and understanding, you know, that momentary loss of control that she had that resulted in the burn. Right. And where that stemmed from in being, a quote-unquote, Endeavor's perfection, the ultimate child. Um, yeah. In the thick of it, not losing his sense of self and discovering his own identity independent of either of his parents' quirks, and then who he is as a hero and what really matters to him at the end of the day. Yeah, I Todoroki's story is so well fleshed out, and it's so beautifully tragic, but also has such a positive outlook. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, despite and- the circumstances. Right, especially these circumstances here at the end of season six, where he finally finds out who Dobby is, mm-hmm. and Dobby's still like, I'll kill you just to hurt Inji. And I'm like, no, <laughs> that's your baby brother, don't do it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I love, we've talked about the Todoroki family before, the dynamics and the psychology behind it, and it's all starting to really come to a head here, now that they've found out the family's past traumas and the sins and yeah. you know it's all it it gets it gets so much bigger as the story now progressive progresses and Inji and Shoto do start to like reconnect a bit at least on the hero front and i don't know it's weird there are some people that are like they should do like Todoroki should take over his dad's hero agency and they should like tag team like work together i'm like it's complicated. I would go f- fucking crazy if I had to do that, but yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I mean, gosh, I think by bringing everything to the surface, you know, things that were previously dormant and unaddressed in mm-hmm. one respect is an amazing breakthrough, but it's going to get worse before it gets better. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because now everyone knows what happened to the oldest you know, Todoroki. Yeah, and they have a to- number one hero. <laughs> and they have to figure out how to how to move forward. How do you reconnect now with your family after this horrific trauma becomes not a past experience anymore? Yes, absolutely. I think first and foremost, you know, the the symbolism of what a hero is. Mm-hmm changes so much you know this idealized and romanticized version when you place someone on such a high pedestal Mm. and then how absolutely broken you are because this perfect human being you can't imagine them as a sinner as someone who hurts their own family when they're constantly striving to save others whatever the motivations underlying that may be so now it's at a point where a make or break do we still continue to put our trust in heroes and what they represent to society or do we see what the paranormal liberation front is doing and kind of see where they're coming from now in that anger that they have that resentment right 
or do we just become completely jaded, you know, and it makes no difference who is labeled a villain, who is labeled a hero, because does it really matter at the end of the day? Right. And that's kind of what my husband was talking about when Hawks killed twice. So sad. Oh it, my gosh. <laughs> it hurts so much because Hawks did not want to do it. Not on basic, like a hero premises, but because he truly liked twice. Like he thought mm-hmm. he was such a good person. He's like, you just have not been given the chance. And twice is so far past that, like so far past saving, unfortunately, mm-hmm. that it, it was either a kill or be killed situation. And Hawks is like, well, you're going to go first. But then Dobby put that out to the universe. Like, look, your heroes kill people. And mm-hmm. <laughs> my husband's like, who cares? He was a bad person. Like, he's he was going to over like overtake everyone. And the tables were... And I was like, babe, but you have to understand <laughs> that the general consensus of a hero is that you don't kill anyone, whether or not that is realistic to have as an expectation. Right, right. That heroes are not the judge, jury, and executioner of this and leave it to the law. Right. It's tough. And in many respects, it really kind of mirrors real life if you think about it. Because we do place people on pedestals. We do um, idolize and romanticize them. And we are broken when it's like, oh, well, my perfect person right. made all these mistakes. Like, they, they do that? That's possible? And, you know, even in people in positions of authority and status, what is it that they're allowed to do? What can they feasibly get away with? And should right. they be held to the same standards that they allegedly uphold? Right. It's no one should be above the law. I am the boom boom law. (laughs) I am God. Um, (laughs) That's the energy you greet 2023 with. So (laughs) good for her. (laughs) But yeah, that is, that's also one of my husband's, why he doesn't like heroes in general, like Marvel, DC, any of that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. is because of this such extreme black and white moral compass that some of them have, or at least some of the stories are based upon. Yeah. I think it was, like, Batman who said, if you kill a bad guy, then the number of killers stays the same. To which my husband and I both immediately respond to then kill more than one bad guy. What are you, why is this an issue? Like, it's not that hard. It's math. But. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the math ain't mathing up, clearly. (laughs) Obviously. I think it's like, yeah, if you kill a killer, the number of killers in the world remains the same. Like, kill them more than one killer. What? Well, can we also argue that Batman is a representation of not only vigilante justice, but also someone that is in desperate need of therapy? (laughs) Like, you cannot carry the weight of your parents' deaths on such a tragic circumstantial thing that you just happen to be wrong place and wrong time and being a wealthy family with a lot of political goings on. Yeah. And some not so savory because people are people. And again, the answers will always come back to it's complicated. <laughs> and you idolized your parents. You put them on a pedestal. And when you find out there's not so savory things about that. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, Batman, I I don't know. With time, as I got older and kind of understood, you know, that's why I don't like 
necessarily the Marvel DC heroes either, or even like, I think they did Thor so dirty in the movies when <laughs> he faced a traumatic event and they're like, oh, look, he's fat and drunk. Ha ha ha. Oh, yeah. Like, how dare you? First of all, how dare you? Yeah. You know, so I was like, that's fucked up. And that's, but that's my spiel, whatever. No, you're good. I, I really do like the fact that you bring up, <laughs> I like the fact that you bring up therapy. I mean, everyone needs therapy, but they also have that in my hero with Ray, mm-hmm. with, you know, Shoto's mom. She's been in a psych ward this entire time. She was abused so horrifically that she was put in a psych ward for the last, what, 10 years almost? Like eight right. years or so? Yeah, used kind of like as an incubator for hoping the genetic lottery works out in Endeavor's favor. Oh my god, yeah. And that, you know, she was nothing more than that, like a vessel for these possible kids. Great Great way to start a marriage, by the way. Love that for you. (laughs) Absolutely. And then attacking (sighs) your youngest child because you have such, you're so desperate and despise the father so much. Right, that... I mean, you can you can only imagine what happened to her moments before she did that because she was Ugh. the one thing that Ray really did do right. Those she loved her children. You could tell she loved her children and she wanted them to have a good life and she wanted to protect them from the abuse of their father. Yes. So just to think of what happened that caused her to be on the phone with her mom and caused her to have a whole total total nervous breakdown that she physically hurt her. Her baby, like her baby baby. Yeah, and that scar will remain for with him forever. Yeah. But in the end, what Dee and I are trying to say is go and check it out, honestly. Like, <laughs> you know, we obviously look at it through a different lens, not just as anime connoisseurs and appreci- oh, you know, oh, oh. Some people who appreciate anime, but the psychology behind it. It's like it's such a... Even though, yes, it's animated, and yes, these are people with superpowers and all that right. good stuff... There are still so many connections to real life that there's always something relatable there. Right. That's, yeah. I, I love I love my hero. And I really do. There, there, some people have issues with certain parts of it. And no story is ever going to be perfect. I totally understand that. But it's still worth it. And especially, it, it breaks the stereotype that love and, and friendship conquers all. People fucking die, man. On yes, both they do. sides. <laughs> so... If that's something that you can't stand, because that's one of the reasons, you know, my husband can't finish watching fairy tales because no one ever dies. And I'm like, well, people die here, so. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, watch the first episode of Chainsaw Man. Bruh. So that's, you know what? That is a perfect segue because that's another anime that we've been watching. I'm so glad. Have you seen, like, are you fully caught up? Because I'm not fully, fully caught up. I think there's maybe three episodes I haven't watched. Let me tell you, after what happened to my dearest darling, Puchita, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it anymore. I was like, I'm done. I'm over this. That little sweet baby angel did not deserve that. They did not. No. But, I mean, they're kind of still alive inside of Denji. Not the same. It's it's not the same. Not the same. Do you want, like, a little dog chainsaw thing? Because I do. I read a meme or whatever. It's like everyone's flocking to Chainsaw Man to watch it because of this cute little orange puppy 
the puppy immediately dying in the first episode. I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, and especially, like, (laughs) Denji. I understand that he didn't necessarily have a childhood and, you know, just really went through these awful things, like poverty, sickness, having to sell off his organs and deal with all these, you know, shady, awful people who just abuse him further and take advantage of him. But then also him just being like the Mineta of the anime and just being like, I just want to touch some boobs. (laughs) Dingy, I've been, it's been on the internet that Dingy is the most relatable anime character that we've had as a main character because he's truly a 16 year old boy. Yeah. Who, like you said, did not have a childhood and now his life is controlled by the mafia that he's literally doing anything he can to survive while being a 16 year old boy. Right, and then losing your best friend. (laughs) Terrible. Terrible. But I tell you what is not terrible. What? Demon Slayer. Heyo! Hey. Who's ready for season three, bitches? My body has been ready. (laughs) After season two, I just... I don't even care if they top season two, as long as it remains consistently as good as season two was. Which was the Mugen train, right? That was the um, the red light district. Oh. With Tengen and his wives. Okay, okay. So you had season one, Mugen train, red light district, and now we're at season three. Okay, has that come out yet, or? What, the red light district? No, 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 the one after the red light district. No. That's the one no, that's coming okay. out this year. Okay, thank God, because I was like, did I miss anything? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the one that has the, um, this, I do not know all the names of the Hashira, the heart Hashira, and the, oh, okay. like, mist Hashira. I know his name begins with an M. Great. And he's very relatable because he's always spaced out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, at one point. Back when I was 13, I zoned out, and I don't know if I've ever fully zoned back in. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's that's definitely that character. But yeah, so that's season three is going to focus on those two. Which, isn't it also crazy, apropos the age, that these are like teenagers, essentially, like between like 13 and 17 years old or something? Oh, absolutely. This is such... I you you don't know you never know how old an anime character is unless they specifically say it. Right. Tengen has three wives. Yeah. He's clearly older. He's he's a past like act, like actual ninja, and then you have these two that are probably maybe sixteen, seventeen. How old is Tengen? I'm guessing he has to be at least like 18, 19, like late teens, early 20s. I don't know. I'm just like, the fact that you live past 20 is amazing. Not only given the time, you know, in which they're living like feudal Japan almost, but then, or feudal Japan, and being a ninja and the head of a ninja clan and all that. I'll just Google it. Hengen's 23, and he's the second oldest Hashira. Okay, called it. Like, is the the monk guy, like, the oldest? <laughs> I'm... Tr- I don't want... Sorry, I'm trying to find this out. And I clicked on a link, and then 16 ads popped up. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who... Damn it. Who is the oldest... Oh, Hashira. That's the first one. Popped up. 
Gyome Himejima? I'm pretty sure that's the monk Komi. Okay. Yep. It says his appearance may be intimidating, but he's a lot gentler than people think. He's 26? Uh Uh-huh. Damn, he old. Just kidding. We are so much older than I know. (laughs) But he's animated. It's whatever. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I... I hurt every time I find out how old some of these characters are. And the the Hashira that do manage to survive, which spoiler alert isn't most of them, <laughs> they only live to like what twenty five if they get the Demon Slayer mark, at most. Yeah, at if you're most. lucky to come out with all your limbs and other bodily assortments <laughs> intact, and then feel, you just die at twenty five. I feel like it's similar to a Purple Heart recipient. The number of alive Purple Heart recipients is. Very few and far between. Yeah, yeah. For those that don't know, Purple Heart recipient in American military is basically the highest award you can as- receive. Like, you did something... Th- exceptional. Is, yes, exceptional that earned you a Purple Heart. Yeah. Times are tough for these young folks that, like, truly as teenagers, to not only go through the difficulties that they have that motivated them to become Hashira in the first mm-hmm. place, and then... Try to survive right. the whole ordeal. I mean, think about it. Like, even in the Mugen Train arc, the demon that killed several Hashira, the brother and sister in the Red Light District arc that killed, like, mm. 8 and 15, respectively. I right. mean, my God. Yeah, the lifespan of a Hashira, <sighs> the odds are not in your favor. <laughs> no, and they never will be. Nay. I just, I... I can't wait to see our main trio grow and like their, you know, powers, not powers, but their abilities and how, where they end up, how much can they put out there? Like, especially Tanjiro and he's got his heat breathing, sun breathing, that's what it is, sun Sun breathing. breathing. Like, Uh again, I don't read the manga, so I'm just, I'm, I get to sit in my ignorant bliss of what's going to happen next. And everyone's like, it's going to hurt. Shut up. I know it will. Yeah, I'd, I didn't need that part. Y'all don't say that. <laughs> I, Go ahead. But can we just say, because we hated on Zenitsu in an earlier episode, we hated on him hard, and rightfully so, but in the Red Light District art, he was less annoying. And he actually, was asleep! I know, good. <laughs> asleep but conscious at the same time. It was really impressive, actually, and like brave for the first time, and he's like, Nazuko! I love the part, can we just say, like, when they tried to go in his conscience. You know what? That might have been the Mugen Train one. And it was the Mugen Train. Yeah, the creepy, like, only Nezuko is allowed here. Right. <laughs> his expression and the voice and everything. I mean, I was hollering. So that's I, yeah. the Zenitsu I could stand behind. One of my one of my friends was like, you'll like season two. Because I, ex- I was complaining that I just cannot stand him because of his voice and his mannerisms. Like, it's no, anxiety he's- inducing. Right, like, you know, he's really cool in season two, like, the red light district. I said, okay. And then I watched and I went, he's cool because he's asleep. He's not talking. What You <laughs> lied to me. They're like, we didn't lie. We just didn't fully explain the situation. <laughs> yeah, there's more of the truth to expound upon here. Like, that is lying by omission. It is not. He's <laughs> still a lie. <laughs> yeah, no such thing as a good lie. A half-truth is still a lie. <laughs> No, I, and that, 
I have to say, though, in the Red Light District, that part where the the woman demon like calls for her brother. I mean, do you watch it in subbed or dubbed? I was dubbed so I could, with my limited attention span, if I needed to walk away and get distracted by something, I could still listen. That's totally fine. I, I've always personally preferred subtitled. I like hearing native voices. But when she calls out for her brother, like in Japanese at least, it mm-hmm. is one of the lines that has just like given me chills because mm-hmm. of how he then just comes out and appears. Like there's just, it was such a one-two punch of, oh, you thought you had it and then you didn't. And then it's like, and the fight scene. Can we talk about how beautiful the fight scene was? Oh, it was great. And talk about complex character history, about where that pain was such a driver for both of them in survival. Right? You know what? That reminds me so much of Shigaraki's own background. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, the the idea of just being tossed aside. And mm-hmm. granted, the demons had, they were seen as filth and, and lesser than and a little bit different because Shigaraki at least had a family that did care for him. It's just his dad was an absolute dickhead. So it's like, but yeah, no, there's like that pain of not being enough or not being good enough or just not being wanted. Yeah, I mean, from the from his physical appearance and like sickliness to, I mean, even being the children of a prostitute, right, of a sex worker. So they were already right. marked from the get-go as these right. undesirables of society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and his fierce love and devotion that his sole purpose for living and trying to survive was his sister. Right. And it was so interesting, the parallel of that, the supposed good and evil of Tanjiro and Nezuko versus these uh. two demon siblings. I mean... Like, it was a hard watch. It was a difficult watch, and that was, like, really beautifully told, but so incredibly sad. Especially when Tanjiro brought Nezuko back from fully succumbing to her demon side. Yeah. Yeah, the lullaby. I just, I cried. I couldn't help it. I cried. I was like, that is, like, see, this is why I am a bleeding heart. I love all of the little soft people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like my little softies yeah Deku's one of my favorite Tanjiro's one of my favorites like they're just mm-hmm. so good and like in the Mugen train when they touch Tanjiro's heart like his soul and they go inside oh, and it's like just this beautiful calm I cried at that part oh so beautiful I'm just like this and the like little like light or star people that led yes. that that young boy through his soul right they're and like, actually no, tried to we, help him they saw the good in him and like, no, we will trust you with taking you to where this, like, his internal, like, center is. Yeah. Because you, we know that you don't actually want to hurt him, so we don't think you will. Like. Yes. Explosion. Brain explosion. Yeah. I, I mean, Tanjiro is such a unique character in that maybe you can view him as, like, a bitch boy or having a weird relationship <laughs> with his sister, but when you're family has been so abruptly taken from you in such a horrendous, violent way. And the only remnant of that is your sister, who is now a demon. And how do you navigate that? Mm -hmm. He only has her. You know, even with Inosuke and Zenitsu and, you know, all these people that he befriends and changes along the way, Mm -hmm. all he has at the end of the day is Nezuko. And how he doesn't let any of that change him. No, and he's... 
like to make it worse. It doesn't make him yeah. a villain. His initial thought, like it's it's not solely revenge based. No, no. And even then, he sees the demons for the humans that they were and why they mm-hmm. did what they did. He has no anger or disgust right. towards them, only toward what's that main demon that in the fedora? <laughs> Is it Muzin? Yeah, 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 yeah. Muzin. I, I mean, he's just demon Michael Jackson. <gasps> yes. Looks exactly like. <laughs> you know what? Know. The energy is very Michael. <laughs> I don't know if that was like a choice in the design for the character or if it was just a happy slash unhappy coincidence, but he looks exactly like Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, we can agree to hate him. Yeah, everyone. It's very much, again, you've got like these shows, I feel like, you know, I just kind of drew this connection of remember uh-huh. when we were younger and there was all these like dystopian novels and stories coming out. Yeah. And now it's like all of these new stories have just a root of evil mm-hmm. and then there are bad characters, but when you compare them to true evil, they're not like there you can look at their situations and what got them there. Yes. And yeah, most so, people aren't inherently bad. Right. And I feel like that's kind of where our storytelling is turning that people aren't inherently evil. It's the circumstances that create them, literally mm-hmm. in some cases, to be evil. And what created them is the evil bit. Yeah, because Demon Michael Jackson also finds <laughs> these people that are hurting in some way. Mm-hmm. And I, I wouldn't say, like, no good deed goes unpunished because his intentions aren't pure. And, right, you know, he merely takes advantage of very vulnerable individuals and right. exacerbates the hate, the pain, the hurt that they experience and Mm -hmm. in a way like brainwashes them brainwashes their soul right i mean there's a lot of parallels you could draw between muzin and one for all in all honesty they're both just incredibly (laughs) well they're both bitches but they're also incredibly power hungry Mm -hmm. you know they want to control everything because they believe that that is their birthright or whatever Yes. That I am already so powerful that I deserve to be the most powerful thing. Yeah. And see others as very disposable, like a means to an end. Right. You dehumanize. Yeah. And I mean, it takes what I love about Demon Slayer as well is, you know, Tanjiro has this very specific goal in mind. And no matter what, because you know he has so much power within him that's just untapped. Right. And so much potential. So I, I'm loving the character development. But then even people like Rengoku, when he was suffering horribly and had oh. multiple opportunities to be turned into a demon, how his convictions were so strong and the reasons of being a Hashira and what that meant to him. And even just like a brother, a son. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, like, he he did not deserve to die. They did him dirty off the get-go. I was like, my heart, my soul. When he died and his mom was waiting for him. And she was proud of him. And I just was, like, in the movie theater trying not to bawl. And my husband sitting next to me is like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, it's his mom. (laughs) Mama. (laughs) I was Goku. 
I was crying up a storm. Like, I let it rip. <laughs> oh See, my this gosh. Is, this is why, coming back to my friend who's who's starting my hero. Uh-huh. And when she found out that bitch boy is one of my favorites, she's like, that surprises me. I said, what do you mean? I am a bitch myself. I play everything. <laughs> it takes a bitch to know a bitch. <laughs> what? And she's like, well, I thought it'd be more like opposites attract. I was like, I can see that. But at the same time, like, I don't know. I, there's so much, like, harshness in the world that I almost gravitate towards other people who are really soft. But see, I love that. And I think that's so necessary that we need in fiction representation of that to show people, especially us real human beings in the world. Hello. Mm -hmm. Hi. That (laughs) it takes a lot to remain soft and tender in a world that can make you extremely hard. Right. That, you know, yes, there are so many tragic things. It's like, why do people suffer? Why do we experience this kind of loss or other? There's still so much beauty in the world, and we can't strictly focus on the negatives. Absolutely. I wish for 2023 that we can take this notion of trauma makes you stronger and bury it in the goddamn ground. Yeah, you don't need to, like, suffering is not inspiration. No, and you don't have to suffer, and you don't have to be proud of suffering, like, for those people that have undergone horrific things, and it's like they wear it as a badge of honor that they survived – I mean, that that works, that's fine, but you don't have to. Like, that should never right. be the only option that you have because trauma yeah. can absolutely break you down. It's it's amazing that you survive it, mm-hmm. but it's okay if then that's all you had, like, that's all you did is survive. That's, that's enough. Yes. Martyrdom is not a badge of honor. And this is also coming from two people who have experienced – uh, seen, heard of just some really awful, difficult things in life. Mm. So this coming from a very personal space that right. don't go there. Yeah, it's okay. It's all right. Um, <laughs> can we give an honorable mention, though, to our favorite Hashira? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Gyu Tomioka. Like Bless. the isolated... Isolated, <laughs> Hashira, misunderstood, because nobody likes you. <laughs> it's just, he's such a painful introvert, and I love it. Yeah, he's very relatable. <laughs> that is exactly who I am as a person. I, Same. <laughs> he shows up, kicks ass, and then goes home. Does not, no unnecessary movement, no unnecessary talking. That's it. Done, done. Let's get back. <laughs> Yeah, I follow a few words, but, like, very to the point at the same time. <laughs> right. Yeah, I I really appreciate him. And I also do really appreciate um the butterfly, Hashira. What's her name? Shinobu. Shinobu, thank you. Yeah. It's, especially because her, the way she fights demons is so unique to her. Yeah. And- there has been so much fleshing out of her character because she is not strong physically. Mm-hmm. She is a very petite, very small statured woman. And so her method of killing basically is poison. Mm-hmm. And her sword is crafted specifically to deliver poison. Yeah, it's not like the conventional Hashira sword. So viewers, if you haven't seen this or even if you have, it's just literally half of the blade itself. Mm. With the very 
point only having the bulk of a regular like katana, right? Right. So there's that thin blade at the bottom that is actually the blade portion of a sword. Yes. And that is part of what makes swords so heavy. And so her katana specifically only has the bladed sharp tip at the end and then it's bladed at the hilt because it has to connect to the rest of the mm-hmm. sword, basically. It's got to connect inside. It's got to be strong enough to hold it. But then the rest of it is small. And inside of her sheath that she carries her sword, it's mm-hmm. full of the flower venom. The that wisteria. Demons. That's what it is. Wisteria flower. And so when she pulls it out, her blade is just constantly covered in wisteria flower essence. Mm-hmm. So when she stabs a demon then they get poisoned and die versus she just doesn't have the strength to behead them. No, no. Yeah, I, you know, sometimes a little bit goes a long way (laughs) in a very (laughs) insidious way as well. It is totally using your strengths for you. Yeah, yeah. But poor you, depression. (laughs) I, I would say he's almost like agoraphobic. You know what? <laughs> he also serves, what's that one guy from My Hero? The one that's like, I just want to go home. Oh. oh, That hangs out with Mirio. Oh, like Tomoki or oh, Tom, not Tomoki. Is it Tomoki? It's not Tomoki. That's- no, it, his name begins with an A, I think. Is it? Shit. Hold on. Hold on. I'm a Google. I'm a Google. Yeah, uh, but he's my baby too. I'm like, you do not hurt my precious. Oh, I don't even know what to Google. Yeah, Purple guy. Who- hair guy. <laughs> yeah, has clams. As feet or something sometimes. No, that's Shinzo, not Shinzo. That's the purple guy, right? Yeah. The Aizawa the... Jr. <laughs> Mirio's best friend. BFF. Tamaki. I yeah, was Tamaki. Right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, he, like, they're, they're both kind of in the same energy spectrum, I think. I can see that. Yeah, but, like, Yu actually shows up and he'll do the thing, but then, you know go home (laughs) yeah tamaki tamaki gets cooler though like he's he's willing to show up in the fights and and make because that's what happens in season six he's there and he you know totally trounces some people and then after that fat gum's like oh that was a really cool move or whatever and he's just like don't look at me (laughs) (laughs) i i love that yeah (laughs) a relatable king Oh, well, S, do you have any final thoughts, feelings, and opinions about anime and what you want to get out there today? Not about anime, but stay hydrated, friend. It it may be a new year, but uh, (laughs) keeping some water in that system is key. Yeah, while you binge, make sure to have a nice big water bottle next to you and set a reminder to sip on it. (laughs) Preferably with some cute stickers. (laughs) Yes, I have so many stickers. I I have... um, I've got a sticker that I got the other day that I don't have on my bottle yet, but it said books are better than people. Oh, see, like, listen, auditory viewers, y'all won't believe how often Dee and I get on a call (laughs) and it's just a sticker show and tell (laughs) to grown ass women (laughs) that just love us some stickers. It do be like that. But yeah, stickers and anime. (laughs) (laughs) I, I also don't think I have any other thoughts here i think i've got most of my things out maybe next time we can also talk about spy family because that's another show that has taken hold in my heart and i love anya to pieces um 
But can otherwise. We, yeah, we can just say, heh. So with that being said, thank you everyone for listening. If you have enjoyed it thus far, leave a like, a rating, subscribe, shout us out into the universe, send us to your friends, tell them that we are awesome and worth listening to. We greatly appreciate all that you do for us. And until next week, stay alive, friends. Take care, everyone.